I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. We're back, folks. Welcome back to Resource Real Talk about Louisville real estate. I am your host, Jay Pitts, broker owner at Remax Premier Properties, leader of JT Pitts and Associates. And it's a bright, sunshiny day here in Louisville. Happy to be back on the podcast here Wednesday. Um, I'm going to get to something that I think is going to be very useful for you here in just a moment. But don't forget, before we get started, if you do not have access to our Facebook group, Resource, and the RE is in parentheses, Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate. It is a private group, but it is searchable. You can request access if you are a real estate agent here in Louisville. Send me a message, send me a DM, ask to get subscribed. Send me over a text message and say, please add me. No problem. Uh, We'll get you in there. You can also find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify. You can search my name or resource. They should show up on both of those. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio app, etc. We're still working on... on, on Amazon, but I don't know what their problem. Bezos doesn't doesn't want to carry resource. Not real sure about that. Too busy with his with his uh, his union fight or what have you. You can find us on Facebook.com slash the resource podcast for clips and links. Also, YouTube.com slash Realtor for full episodes. You can also find snippets of the show produced by Seth on our Twitter and Instagram at Realtor at Realtor. Excuse me, Reels on Instagram. And Twitter is like a newfound thing for me. I've been, you know, encouraged by maybe some of the younger generation. You know, they say everything comes full circle. For me, Twitter started off in 2010 talking about, you know, 140 characters of what I had for breakfast. And then it has become this intensely political device, right, which I think, you know, has turned a lot of people off. A lot of people felt like Twitter was behind the behind the power curve with the emergence of Instagram, Facebook, you know, Snapchat, you know, TikTok, all these other ones. But then it's it's seemingly coming full circle in the young generation to have like you know, get news and have dialogue. So, uh, I've been having some fun with Twitter. You might, uh, might check me out there. Uh, hot takes for sure. Also, please don't hesitate, um, to consume our other new piece of content that we're putting out under the resource umbrella, JTP university, five minute episodes, very tactical, straight to the point, how to improve your real estate business. All right, now that we got the bills paid, not really, we don't have advertisers, but now that I told you how to find us, oh, don't forget to give us five-star reviews. iTunes preferable, and four is not okay, please just five. Um, No, seriously, I appreciate you. I want to know your feedback on whatever platform you'd like to consume this podcast, and I'd also like to kind of, uh, you know, get the thing out there for more people to see. All right, without further ado, let's talk about today's topic. Um. This, I will dare say, is the single most impactful, single most important thing 
that you can do as a real estate practitioner today. So as soon as you put down the headphones, pick up the telephone and do this. Single most important thing. Let me lay the backdrop. In Louisville, seven days ending Sunday, we had approximately 350 listings come to market, 354 to be exact. The seven days prior to that, which is like coinciding with ice storm, snow, et cetera, school closures, we had 197 listings come to market, unseasonably low, okay, even for a February, 197. We don't see that. I mean, that's the kind of number that we usually see like Thanksgiving week. We usually see the, the week between Christmas and New Year's, not, you know, six weeks before spring. 197, and it jumped back up to 354. Those two weeks comparatively, 354 compares to 410 last year. Now, we're in pre-COVID time but with this comparison. 354, the last seven days ending Sunday, compared to 410 the same week last year. 197 the week before that compared to 374 the same week of 2020. We have gotten, folks, in this inventory crisis, and I dare say it is a crisis, we have such few homes for sale, so few homes for sale, such is not the right word, so few homes for sale, that week to week, the number of listings that come to market substantially impacts the number of sales that, ha- that occur that week. It's almost a one-to-one. If it comes on the market, it's sold. Total, 60 combined, expired, withdrawn, and canceled for that week, seven day, the last seven days. So what you need to understand is your ability to sell inventory. We have no cushion. The cushion is gone. The safety net has been sold. The deed is recorded downtown. There is no safety net. If a house doesn't come on the market, it's not going to sell. Nothing that is on the market is really selling that's left. It's all trash inventory. Okay? And, and, and that's not a necessarily a, a, a direct correlation. But it's, it's virtually, it's figuratively true. We need inventory in the worst kind of way. Now, we talked not that long ago about the single solitary objection, okay? Where am I going to go if I sell? That is the, that is the single greatest objection. Where am I going to buy? Okay, we, we, have, we have lots of new entrants, new, new first-time buyers entering the marketplace. And they only have to worry about one side of the equation. That's, that's, that's easy. Now, they, they can strap on the helmet, you know, buckle, buckle the chin strap like we used to say in football, and, and they can go to war and try to win and make great offers and re- release contingencies and escalation clauses and basically everything that you know to do because we've talked about them, you know, one of the most direct, you know, kind of predictors of success is your ability to win a multiple offer. We've talked about that. And you're with, when you're with a first-time home buyer, that, it's that simple, Okay. But this is a complex issue that we have now surrounding inventory. And the biggest hang-up is that emotionally, sellers believe there's nothing to purchase, so they will not bring their home to market. Or that prices have 
gotten so far away from them that they can't recreate their situation. They can't take advantage of the equity because they can't recreate their living situation or improve it regardless because of lack of inventory and high prices. We're going to try to solve for that today. And we're going to do it indirectly because it's a complex issue. Okay? It's not... You, there's no waving of the wand. The, 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 the white knight riding in on the horse is coming. That's new construction. But it's 6 to 12 months away. 6 to 12 months away. We look, we've got big goals. We've got clients that need help now. And if we don't take the first step in the direction of solving this complex issue, the worst thing can happen, which is nothing. Nothing changes. More agents get out of the business. More agents don't pay their dues when they come. You know, their errors and omissions insurance and their board dues that are coming up. More agents, you know, hang them up, put them in escrow. That's not what we're looking for. So let's solve the issue. The issue is solved with your telephone. The single most important and impactful thing you can do to solve for your, your business, improve your business, and improve the marketplace is not only yourself, but convince your peers to do the same thing, is pick up the phone and talk to your network. Educate them on this very dynamic. Now, I've talked about the, the, the first 12 months of a new agent and what they should be doing. I've talked about the things that experienced agents should be doing. But in my experience, you know, those have been topics we've addressed on this podcast. But in my experience over a, a relatively robust career is that the biggest differentiator between a good agent and a great agent is the great agent makes the effort to talk to their network on a regular basis. And, and if you want to go beyond great to the pinnacle, those conversations include a formal discussion, a consultation, if you will, on how to be successful when participating in the real estate market. What do you mean by that? Jay, I mean call your sphere. Well, I don't have anything to say. Yes, you do. I use this analogy quite often. If you had a stockbroker and their job is to sell you value stocks and to track the performance of those stocks and make recommendations based on the performance that you've witnessed, growing your portfolio and the value of it, but they didn't tell you when the price was low so that you could buy more, and they also didn't tell you when the price was high so you could sell, and they never called you to have these discussions, you would fire them. Well, you don't have, it's not 2009, and a lot of our listeners weren't even in the business at that time. Okay, so they're not going to, you know, be able to, help their clients buy low in, in mass. Now, there are still opportunities to beat the market, and the best of you do that with your investor clients. Okay, but it's not just the investors that need to be educated on the condition of the market. It's your, it's your bread and butter client base. 
It's, it's, you know, your best friend who you sold a home three years ago that you know this is not the forever home. And while they may understand that the market is brisk and over-asking and multiple offers and escalation clauses, they may know, they may have even heard the word inventory shortage, but they don't know how disparate the situation is right now. They just don't. They need you to tell them. That's your responsibility. Don't be the stockbroker that doesn't tell their clients to sell when the market's at the top. Because that's the real, let's just be real. This is where we are. We thought things were going to happen because of COVID. We got a V-shaped recovery. We have far exceeded anybody who's been in the business more than five minutes uh, knows that we have far exceeded the expectations of the market in the last six to 12 months. Far exceeded. Prices are rising faster than I've ever seen them in, a career, in my career. And I've seen a lot of peaks and valleys. Inventory is shorter, less than 1,000 homes on the market. This time, three years ago, two years ago, we had 3,200. This, this is a black swan. We thought it was COVID. COVID was a black swan socially. Real estate-wise, this inventory crisis is the black swan. What is going to change as a result? You need to do your part. Get on that phone and tell the people what the situation is. Because the only solution is them bringing their homes to market so that someone else can purchase them and hoping others do the same so that they can purchase them and the, and the circle goes round and round. That's the answer. So how do we do that? We have conversations. Okay, now I'm gonna back away from the cliff a little bit because I've, I've been a little raw with you about the state of the market right now. The truth is, is my team's selling more than we ever have. We control a large percentage of this relatively small market. Relatively small. So our team is employing the tactics of today to outperform others in the marketplace. Sorry about that. I got a little worked up, need a little water. <coughs> so get my, get, my, get my feet back under me here. I'm going to back away from the cliff. It's always important to talk to your sphere of influence. That's the difference between the great and the good. The difference between the great and the pinnacle, the absolute best, the top 1% of 1%. They have these conversations with their clients. So what does that look like? Well, you don't go at them hard. I need to talk real estate. No. You build rapport like you always have. You be a friend. You be a confidant. You lower your tone. You invite them into a conversation with you. How do you do it over the phone? Well, you have a reason to call, number one. And I know, I know, I know it's the most worrisome thing that crosses your mind at any point as you consider your real estate business. I don't want these people to think that I'm a salesman or a saleswoman, salesperson. I don't want to be too harsh. I don't want to be too abrasive. I don't, want to, I don't want to annoy them. I don't want them to not answer when I call. Well, then it's a very simple answer. Don't be. Don't be abrasive. Don't be pushy. Be a friend. Be what you've always been. 
It does take some talent. It takes some practice. And if you never start, you'll never finish. So what do you do? You have a reason to call, and you manufacture that reason before. It's simple. Preparation. Anything worth it. Um, yeah, I joke with Seth before we come on the air that my show prep is no prep. Because I just get on here and talk. Because, But, but the truth is, is I spent a lifetime prepping to have these kinds of conversations. You know, my father saw to that. He took me to work with him when he was real young, and I got to ride around all day with the, with the old massive Seth, the cell phone. Man, it was this big, except it was that thick, right? And it was kind of one of these deals. Um, I got to hear him have those conversations. I've got a couple of very, very easy ideas um, to help you in this. Have a reason to call and decide ahead of time. But even then, you're going to find yourself in moments... Okay, where you're anxious, where you don't know what to say. You don't know how to proceed. Uh, and you do, the last thing you want to do is fall on your face in front of somebody you care about. Somebody who is a referral from a past client, a, a friend, a family member, you know, any of those people qualify. You know, somebody from church, somebody from, you know, an old job, a high school teammate, those kinds of things. You don't want to fall on your face in front of these people. So... I've talked about the Ford technique on previous episodes, and I want to just reboot that real quick. I'm not going to spend a ton of time, but scripts are not where I'm at, okay? Dialogues are where I'm at. I practice having certain dialogues. I practice having, having responses when a conversation goes in a certain place. Uh, Ford technique is, is amazing because, it's, number one, it's easy to remember. Um, and number two, it has guaranteed... 100% success to drive a conversation and allow you to get your footing and get your level of comfort where it needs to be in a conversation. So once again, Ford, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. Everyone wants to talk about those four things. It's how you bring the temperature down. How's the family? You know, didn't you get a promotion? How's the job going? You, you know, I, I, I seem to remember you were training for the mini marathon. How did that go? I, you know, COVID, it didn't happen. Did they reschedule? Did you finish it? Did you do it virtually? Be a person and have a conversation. Start a conversation based on something that they really care about. That's how you build rapport. It's called common ground. It's one of the most basic, basic tenets of all sales professions is common ground. People want to work with people they know, like, and trust. And you can't have like or trust without rapport. This is just basic rapport building. Always fall back on the Ford technique if you find yourself in a position. You can use it to open the conversations, or you can use it to fall back in the event that you find yourself in an anxious moment where you don't know what to say next. All right, now I'm going to give you three, three conversation starters that I see incredibly valuable right now. Um, Probably most effective, given the current circumstances, and most effective at springboarding you into an active conversation about referrals or working with that, in, that, that individual client is what I call the record sale dialogue. And, and it's, it's perfect for the market conditions, and it's really easy. It doesn't take a lot of time to figure out. Go on the MLS if you know your client is a homeowner. Go on the MLS. Pull up their neighborhood. Drop a pin on their house. You probably got the PVA or in your database, you've got, their, you've got their, uh, their address. And just do a quick search on their neighborhood. 
Look at the PVA for what they paid. If you didn't sell it to them, you probably can find that out relatively easy. They paid X, and the house uh, three doors down or two blocks over or what have you just sold for $150,000 more, for example, or $30,000 or $10,000. I don't care what it is. And and mind you, this works in reverse as well. I don't think that's that's where the market is right now. But if one sells for substantially less, that's that's a way to drive a conversation, maybe a different dialogue afterwards. But essentially creating a disparity between what the homes are selling for in the neighborhood and what they paid is a, an incredible conversation starter. Can you believe what the house on Main Street, it's just four doors down. Can you believe what they paid? It just closed last week. I can't. Did you see that listing? You know, it's pending sale. I don't know what it closed for, but I heard there were multiple offers. Such an easy dialogue to pivot a personal conversation from the Ford technique, family, occupation, recreation, dreams, to a real estate conversation. Can you believe what they sold the house for? No, this market's nuts. I mean, it's got to be, your business has got to be crazy. Yeah, you know, the market is pretty good. We're doing really well. You know, I can't believe what some things are selling for. You know, it's, but, you know, it's just like any other time. It requires the, the, the steady hand of a professional to make sure that clients meet their needs. You know, by the way, how's the house coming? You know, I, I think I might have remembered you posting on Facebook you needed a plumber. Did you get that taken care of? What about other things? Are you planning on doing any upgrades this year? Now, now we're having a real estate conversation, okay? And at bare minimum, now, I'm not telling you to ask them to sell. I'm not telling you, to, telling you that. If they bought the house 18 months ago and you know they just had a baby and they got a lot of things going on in life. They're not going to sell. That's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking for you is to formalize a conversation surrounding real estate to raise the awareness of your business in their minds, to make them the logical connection for a referral of anyone looking to enter the market. That's the biggest reward that you're likely to obtain. But in addition, if there is the hint of curiosity, you take that, that personal springboarded into a formal real estate conversation into a how's the market conversation to a what would be the benefits or drawbacks from listing your home right now. And we can get into that and I'm going to touch on it in a moment, but that record sale in the neighborhood takes you it's it's just like a very linear path from nothing to potentially something all right second idea a lot of you are on teams a lot of you're on my team if you're listening to this probably uh we run sales contests all the time i found the a really incredible way um to initiate conversations with somebody in your network is to be very transparent about the fact that you're you're trying to win a sales contest and you need referrals to do that. Do you know anybody looking to buy or sell? We're really short on inventory. Do you know anybody looking to buy or sell? I'm looking for refer I'm trying to win a contest. You know my boss is going to do this if I win. That takes the commission breath right out of your mouth and makes it a noble pursuit for somebody who cares about you, by the way, and really wants to help you. They just, they just need you to give them a reason. They don't wake up every day 
thinking about how they can support Jay's real estate business. They need you to remind them. Social media is a great way to do that. We we tend to re- over rely on it, which, um, you know, is unfortunate. That that's all good tools seem to get seem to get uh, put in that position. All right, number three. As for reviews, I went on a listing appointment yesterday with a one point five million dollar seller who I've never met in this lifetime. Don't know anybody that knows this person. They looked me up online on two different websites and found multiple reviews of me, and that landed me a conversation to talk to a seller about a $1.5 million property. And that's not it. That happens every day. Get the reviews. We're not even talking about the value of them. In this case, it's probably more value value in the fact that asking for the review gets the conversation. That's more value than the review itself, but these are two actions that support you in numerous ways. Numerous ways. Why why not let them be symbiotic? It's an incredible idea if you ask me. All right, so what if, taking a step back, any of those conversation formalizers, we'll call them, um, the, the, the Ford the Ford dialogue in the beginning pivots to a formal real estate conversation, pivots to a serious I'm a buyer or seller conversation. Well, you need to master certain dialogues to do that too. I've got two for you today that I'll be really, really, really quick on. Um, And you might even find these vocalized more specifically and tactically in future JTP University videos. If you're on my team, you've heard these ad nauseum, but the LP Mama script Add the A to the beginning if you're talking to an internet lead and ask for the appointment first. But the LP Mama script is the quintessential real estate conversation that I'm looking to buy or sell. It's a conversation surrounding location, price, motivation. Uh, are you working with an agent approved for a mortgage close for the appointment? Again, sorry, those MAMAs get me because I want to... Um, I want to transpose them from time to time. But again, location, price, motivation, working with an agent approved for a mortgage, close for the appointment. If you make it to motivation, you have won. So once again, LP, location, price, two most restrictive criteria, whether you are a seller or a buyer. You're asking affirming questions. Is this what you're thinking? How do you plan on doing is this what you had in mind? Yes, yes, yes. We all know the power of yes in sales. Once someone says yes a few times, they want to continue. No feels bad. Yes feels good. Yes, yes, yes. Motivation is where you build the most rapport. If it's someone in your network, like I'm suggesting you talk to, it's where you go deep. It's where you find the emotion that is going to make them move. Beyond motivation, after you've already won, it's just pre-qualifying questions. Are you working with an agent? Are you approved for a mortgage? Have you closed? Or do you want to? Do you want to set an appointment to talk further? Obviously, these get kind of morphed based on your relationship. But it is a it for you new agents out there. It is the framework of a conversation with a client that almost never fails. So please internalize that. The second dialogue that I want, I want you to internalize right now is just the understanding of how interest rates and inventory are 
inexplicably bound in how they move the market right now. Right now, rates are down. So is inventory. Okay? The combination of those two factors means purchasing power is up, okay, but so is demand. Inventory and rates are low. Demand is high because rates are low. Prices are up because supply is low. What happens if rates go up? Well, they've already started. What happens if rates go up? What's the first thing that happens? Well, immediately, on a very linear basis, as linear as it gets, purchasing power drops. If you can afford 250000 at 3%, this is not, I'm not doing mental math here, but if you can afford 250000 at 3% interest to purchase, if rates go to 3.5, you can only afford 225. Instantly, purchasing power goes down. What happens when purchasing power goes down? Demand drops. People that were buyers are no longer buyers. What happens when buyers go down? Demand goes down. What happens to prices? They have the potential to fall. And you may say, well, Jay, value of real estate also goes up. Uh, 2009 disagrees. In a short period of time, prices of anything can go down, including real estate. Yes, it's an appreciating asset. That's the basis for why it's such a great investment. But prices can go down. Imagine in six months, you're a seller. To, you're not a seller today because you don't see enough, enough inventory out there to choose from. And so you don't sell. And so you don't buy. And then right around the time you decide to have the courage because inventory has picked up a bit, rates have gone up by a half a point. And it's time to buy and sell all at the same time because magically the house you wanted just appeared. But now, when you sell, you're going to get 10000 less. Oh, and by the way, what you just, your perfect home that you want to purchase is a little more expensive. But on the converse, imagine this. Imagine that you took advantage of the many ways to avoid being a timing buyer in today's market. Renting back the home you sell from closing, going into a fully furnished and underutilized short-term rental on Airbnb for three months and negotiating a good deal with the seller because they've had a ton of vacancy because there's no tourism. Um, what about a short-term rental on a six or 12-month basis? What about living with family if you're young and that has your opportunity, or even if you're elderly, it doesn't matter. You know, what about, what about any of those? What about a reverse contingency? What about selling contingent on buying and taking advantage of your leverage? If you use any of those things to sell now at the peak, take your equity off the table and wait for inventory to rebound and then be a selection purchaser. I say it makes you more successful. I say it makes you, it makes a world of financial difference if you do that. That's my message for today, folks. Those dialogues and review, record sale in the neighborhood, I'm trying to win a contest, I need a review, pick your favorite platform, but I would suggest Google for now. Zillow is kind of moving away from us in terms of, of being a review engine. 
record sale in the neighborhood. I'm trying to win a contest. I need a review. It helps me to get more business. It's the, it's, it, you know, it's, the, it's this short little quick thing you can do to help me. Get them to participate in your success. If you have anxiety or you need a way to, to, to prompt the conversation, don't forget family, occupation, recreation, and dreams because everybody that cares about you wants to talk to you about those kinds of things. If you find yourself in the midst of an active buying or selling conversation, remember the LP Mama framework. Location, price, motivation, working with an agent, approved for a mortgage, close for the appointment. And remember to understand and be able to convey effectively the relationship between rates and inventory. Rates, inventory. Don't be the stockbroker that doesn't call their best clients when the market's down to purchase or the one that doesn't call them to sell when the market's at its peak. Once again, um, don't forget you can always find us online. Come get us a Facebook group resource. The RE is in parentheses. Real talk about Louisville real estate. We'd love to add you to our private group. If you are a real estate agent in the Louisville area, I'd love to get you in on the conversation. Give us your feedback. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio apps for the podcast, full episodes on audio, facebook.com slash the resource podcast for clips and links to full episodes. Uh, at JPitts Realtor on Twitter and Instagram, please engage with me. Watch our reels. Seth does a great job with those. Uh, gives you a little juicy morsel that you can digest in 30 seconds or less usually to give us give you an idea on what, what this week's episode is about. Don't forget JTP University with new episodes out weekly, five minutes, very tactical. YouTube.com at J or slash JPITS Realtor for full video episodes. Uh, really appreciate you giving us your attention you know, on a weekly basis. Our downloads are through the roof. Uh, we must be doing something right. I uh, you know, I, I joke about the five-star reviews. We certainly do appreciate those, but we appreciate you more. Uh, just coming back every week and taking a listen. Once again, I am your host of Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate, Jay Pitts, broker owner at REMAX Premier Properties. We will see you soon. 